You're listening to Biz Souls, the business podcast with an edge, hosted by me, Rona Lewis, and Jeffrey Hansler. Tune in for perspectives and discoveries about the changing world of business. It's time to connect to the heart, soul, and humor of how business gets done. Welcome to Biz Souls, where we get to the heart and soul of business and the people who make it happen. That's what we tell people. Hi, Rona. Hi, Jeffrey. Are we having fun? We're always having fun. Isn't there a song like that? Ain't we got fun? Something like that. Oh, don't sing. I'm going to lose do. We have to finish our, uh, our, our, our sing podcast, too. We have to do that. Which yes, we have, a, we have a list of things to do. Yes, things that are piled so. up. Yes, there's a pen around here somewhere. There's a there pen. There it is. There we go. So, yeah. So, keep on coming back so you can see us sing. Yay. Maybe. Anyway. Yeah, sorry for the slow start here. We've got <laughs> we've got a special show for you. We're gonna talk something. Uh, talk. What are we talking about today? We something, are talking uh, near and dear. It's, it's love and money, baby. Workplace romance. Workplace romance. Workplace romance. And yeah. why did we decide to talk about this, Rona? Because you know, with the world changing like it is, uh, it's it's been questioned. You know. Is it? You mean the pandemic? As, people working at home, people separate from the people at work. Is that what's going on? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Life as we know it is is changing quickly, and uh, we just started talking amongst ourselves about how 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 much things change. In fact, they actually stay the same. Right. You know? oh, well, that's true. And a special shout out to all those leaders out there that before the pandemic denied their employees working at home because you're worried about their production. So a special He has been dying to throw that in there for ages. I think I throw he it in every Every session. single time. <laughs> so anyway, so we are going to be talking about workplace romance. Because we, we think uh, it's, it's conscious change would important. be good. Absolutely. And we're going to seem like we're digressing, but we're really not because, you know, we're going to go over the history of of work and and society and organizations you know and individuals that's how we're going to split it up Correct. and the fact is so much of this is about how women are viewed in society right how women uh, how women are viewed in work mm -hmm. and how men view men and women at work and some of the changes that have gone right on. and and the choices that they have and um, and how uh, how they have much more power than they did, or do they? Well, so we don't know. So, We're going to find out. So we so, we dug into things. We did we a little did. research. We did, and we we started back way back in prehistoric times when Jeffrey was a child. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Raquel Welch and uh, two oh, million years a, BC. A, yeah, that that was actually an awesome movie. Yeah, very good. It was a great movie, and you know, it gave you the impression that. People were looking pretty sharp back then. Because, and yeah, they were all able to sew fur bikinis. Fur bikinis. <laughs> and that was number one priority. And had perfect teeth. And perfect part. teeth. <laughs> well, you know, and the other thing we see about uh, prehistoric times, and the reason we went back is because um, human beings are, you know, uh, mammals. We're, we're animalistic, and, and I, uh, well, uh, our behaviors are can be animalistic-like, and I assumed that back in the... Um, you know, the, the, okay, the beginning days, days that uh, we were um, even probably did more patterns that resembled, uh, you know, uh, animal, yeah. animal kind yeah. of nature. 
So well, the, yeah. except from the Flintstones, you know, they're dragging women around by their hair. Because that was a takeoff. That was a, a prehistoric takeoff of the honeymooners. Oh, so. oh very funny. <laughs> yes, exactly. It kind of was, you know. <laughs> it's exactly it. So yeah. So if you stop to to think about, it, you know, getting getting a little bit more more serious, that was a time of of tribes and poly polyamory because they were, you know, they were just one step above the apes and things like that. And it was a survival thing. And it was it was all about the tribe as an organization, right? Cor correct. And that's what, uh, what uh, as we were talking about doing this and doing this program, we started, how can we break things up? And so we thought, you know, society's got a view of, of uh, people at work and what should go on at work. And then organizations have their own view of what they want. It differs from different organizations. And then individuals have a perspective. Mm -hmm. So we thought we'd cover all three perspectives, except back then, the society and the organization were the same. It was a right. tribe. So the tribe was everything. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you know that, you know, we're, we, we actually did do research. We, we worked with a book called Sex at Dawn, The Prehistoric Origins of Modern Sexuality by Christopher Ryan. And I'm going to butcher this up, but I'm going to try. And Casilda Jetha. So hopefully I, I pronounced that right. That was published in uh, 2010. And they, it, this, this book gave us a nice, a nice background on how it, it worked. And it, it wasn't about just the tribe and, 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 and having babies. What, what drove it, Jeffrey? No, really. So, um, you know, we started to look at, you know, uh, workplace romance. I mean, you're working in the village. So what would ro workplace romance and, and who would initiate it? And uh, we were surprised to find, well, maybe we weren't surprised, to find out women initiated it then. It was their biological clock that uh, was workplace romance. That's right. Hormones, baby. And who <laughs> was the lucky fella when that happened, when those hormones kicked in? Who knows? You know, it's it was. I'm, I'm sure it was much the same as you know pheromones, things like that. And when the woman was uh, ready, she was. You know, I would assume she would just grunt, "You here?" You know. Well, it wasn't just you here. It was everybody come here. It well, was, yes, it was one at a, because at a time they because... they weren't partnered up. They yeah, weren't, there there was right. no really kind of relationship. The yeah. relationship was uh, very similar to animals, where you know. I guess the king, king, the the king, or the the tough guy in the village got most of his choice. Mm -hmm. Although they probably spread the gene pool around. Well, especially if there were other, other tribes around, if they, they did a little. Oh, mixing. maybe trade. We yeah. ha we have we have we have uh, you know like what was it? What was that movie with Daryl Hannah? She had blonde oh, hair. Oh, was it Clan of the Clan of the Cave yeah, Bear? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. So maybe that's what it, they traded over differences, yeah. or maybe somebody was taller, or somebody was heavier, or somebody was healthier. Well, how did your parents do it? Because they were you know around that time. Yes, <laughs> I know my parents. Yes, absolutely. No, <laughs> no, no. My parents were my parents are lovely. Anyway, we they uh, don't yeah. don't digress on yeah. that. Yeah. So my um, mom was a Marine. And my dad was a Marine. They, mar they met were in the tough. Marine Corps. Wow. Yeah, I know. That so people say, oh, cool. my dad was a Marine. Yes, my mom was, and she can kick your butt. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. So, okay, so that's how they did it way back then. And then as time went by, they things things changed because they went from hunter gatherer to a more of an agricultural society. Right, right. So that shifts. So hunter gatherer, everybody's moving around, everybody's kind of milling around. Well, the minute you 
plant down and, and start, uh, you know, gardening or, or um, uh, doing agriculture on some land. How to skip millions of years in two minutes. Yeah, Garden. <laughs> they were gardening. Anyway, they're, they're kind of stuck in one spot. And so then it's kind of like, you know, well, um, we've got to have kids to do the work because there was no mm -hmm. machinery. So then we need a, a woman to have the kids. And so they, they kind of partnered up that way. Yeah. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote something from the book. Monogamy and relationships are assumed a default in our world. They're not. They're a convenience formed once we became agricultural. So monogamy is, was convenient. You know, it's like, yeah, we, maybe we should start to think, is it just a convenience now? But back then, it needed to be. Yeah, and you know what? That We'll come, probably come back to that because yeah. now... In society, people are opening up and questioning a lot of things. This mm -hmm. traditional, you know, get married, stay with the same person for, you know, it is, uh, it, it's a wider discussion now. It's always gone yeah. on in certain groups. Mm -hmm. It's a wider discussion now on, um, uh, you know, what kind of relationship you're going to have and, and how you're going to define yourself even. Right. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Going back to uh, going, back, yeah, agri agriculture, and as agriculture flourished at the same time, so did religion. Well, yes, it did because people are stuck, so they needed rules. You probably had a king or a queen. You had a feudal system. You had a landowner, and the people that were working the land had to pay homage to the landowner, and the mm -hmm. landowner probably wanted protection, and so they had all these rules. Religion is going up. Well, let's, I mean, let's look at the Bible per, per se. And I know you know more about it. But, I mean, I went to Hebrew Re school when I was young, but that was kind of like prep for my bat mitzvah. You went to, didn't, didn't you go to Catholic school? No, I didn't go to Catholic school. Oh, I thought you school. went to Catholic no, school. No, Rats, no, that, that went, shoots I went, to, I went to Sunday school. Oh, I went Sunday, to school. Sunday school, okay. Um, and, and, yeah, um, and, and sex it, in, the, um, in the Bible was, was uh, any of, of that was incredibly influential especially back in the 1200s, 1300s, you know, things like that. Yeah, and over the course of my year, I've been to different Sunday schools, including I've been to Catholic um, school. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the Baptists, so they were really they were really big on the, you know, sex is bad kind of thing. Oh. They kind of played that up. And so, you know, I expected that if you go through the Bible, and I read it four times looking for it, that they'd be talking about sex. And, and they really, you know, or like, you know, man marries woman or some tradition, you know, they had a lot of begotten on the stuff. You know, Harry begot this and begot that. So obviously they were getting together. They were just alluding to it. Yeah, I know. Except, um, surprisingly, the, the Bible doesn't say anything about uh, monogamy. That's right. No, um, I, Yeah, nowhere in the Bible does it prohibit multiple partners. Yeah, and that was a little surprising. On the other hand, let me see, we've got uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, which were trashed, and mm -hmm. then Lot's wife looked back, and she was turned to a pillar of salt. And then Onus, you know, kind of uh, uh, had intercourse to have a baby, disobeyed God. I don't know who seed. that is, but okay. It's a, it's a guy <laughs> is that, that is that a New God. Testament thing? Well, they wiped him out. Okay. I, you know, I, no, that's Old Testament oh. still. It shows and, you how um, much... <laughs> studying for Let my me say, uh, Jezebel took down an entire kingdom by mm -hmm. corrupting them. Uh, Samson and Deliah, right? You know, she took away your strength because you know. So, she so there hand. was yeah. an undercurrent that you know, it, sex is going to lead to bad sex is things. power. Sex is going to lead to bad things, though. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're into that kind of thing, it can. But <laughs> in this case, it really, um, you know, got people off of it, and and you know, through. 
I think most re religions, I mean, it was sex is bad unless you were married and don't touch and, you know, which made teenagers, I'm, I'm sure in, in any time were rebellious. Well, and the it culture was, of the United States was started by the Puritans, which right. was a religious group that hardly anybody could stand, which is why they got kicked they got, out. They, they got I mean, they had out, some right. stringent, weird rules. And, um, you know, during the, the Middle Ages, I think men started to, to really grasp more power. Mm -hmm. um, uh, now, please, this is all out of context. If you, I'm sure I'm going to get lots of stuff on it because I'm sure it had been going on for a while. Um, women were not allowed to an education. Mm -hmm. Women, uh, the doctors uh, got rid of the midwives, called them witches. The clergy, the church wouldn't let women into the clergy or learn. They were so, very scared of women. Yeah, and it was almost we're magic. Okay, well, sorry. yeah, and uh, maybe it was a way to make them feel better because I think they treated women as um, as uh, chattel, as uh, assets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they either were marrying them off, so they yeah. uh, arranged mar marriages, marriages, you know, for 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 um, war sake. You know, I'll give you my kid if you don't attack us. So one country would get together with it with another country, and that even that didn't always work. No, and then if not, you know, you had to have a dowry, and mm -hmm. so all of a sudden. You know, how do we, you know, it's like, how do we polish a, a diamond or make a diamond look better in Tiffany's? Well, this diamond is unique. So I guess uniqueness was uh, like virginity, and that became a huge thing all of a sudden that somebody had to be a virgin. And, you know, the other thing in the Middle Ages is the art was focused on um, um, love, and, and all of a sudden love became a duty of marriage. Cherubs, all that kind of thing. Well, I, I don't think... Uh, they, I think they, they talked about love developing. I don't think that was a primary thing, you know, for the upper echelon. For, for the peasants, I think, you know, I can only assume it was kind of catch as catch can. And if, if there was somebody who was a widow, they just needed somebody to help take, take care of them. Well, know? that was the other thing. It was practical to be mm -hmm. with a partner. And uh, you had d different duties. You had different tendencies. Yeah. It was an things. economic need. Yeah, and I think that's what was primarily driving it. And then, you know, so society, you know, everybody, you know, uh, bowed down to the kings and the rulers mm -hmm. and the queens. Um, for the organization at that time was pretty much the kingdom right. at that time. And then people had their little shops and jobs within that organization. And then yeah. individually, these people, what they went through, I mean, I guess if the king or ruler wanted to take whatever they want, a daughter or a wife, they could. Um, and then these guys were also, they had to go fight. They were, um, uh, 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 Knights. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were pulled into the military to fight for this King's land and mm -hmm. stuff. And so at that time, then they were given one of the prizes was, you know, you can rape and pillage. So right. these guys, the, and all this stuff got carried over into our psyche. And I think it came to the, you know, a lot of it came to the United States. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it was pretty barbaric. And even when our country was, was started, you know, in the late 1700s, it was still, you know, I think the Civil War was a pretty barbaric war, you know? Overall. Oh, absolutely. And, and it kind of that was about the first part of the Industrial Revolution during right. the Civil War. Yeah. And here again, we've got kind of an agricultural South. Mm -hmm. So, and in the South, if you uh, were, um, you know, uh, a part of a plantation, you're yeah. the, the owners of the plantation, the women were 
they bragged about not going to the sun. They bragged about not working. They bragged about doing delicate things. They bragged about their husband and their well, wife. And, they, and we know what the Civil War was about and, and why. So a lot of times they didn't even have to. Uh, whereas the Northerners, you know, the women were a little bit more cosmopolitan. They still didn't go to work if their if their husbands had had money. No, they had know? money and stuff. Except and, because uh, you know things were being more, you know, they'd go to a factory, go to a job there, and work there. Or they might be, you know, like the um, even though it wasn't the United States, Bob Cratchit working for Ebenezer Scrooge. You know, yeah. you're just kind of a cog in their wheel, and then so. So now we've got society, and now we've got organizations, especially in the North, mm. we've got organizations separating um, from society itself and having their own thing. And organizations cared about production. Right. You know, they were they were going into scale. Well, and now we're we're talking about the second half of the Industrial Revolution when when it was when it was a lot of production lines and and you know the the railroads were being early built 19, uh, late 1800s, late 1800s early 1900s, you know exactly and um you know women were just starting to you know they were trying to get the the vote they were they were shop girls and they were still um uh objectified you know? absolutely they were still you still had a dowry you still had to marry the right people and you still it, had all these morals and um, if they had if they had money and got married, all the money went to the to the husband. Right. Which was horse pucky. <laughs> well, I, I agree. Just I'm saying. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it should be what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. So, you know, that's just a woman's point of view. <laughs> well, the pendulum swung, you know, and you've got to remember society and organizations and individuals, we all have this like pendulum and it swings. So oh. You know, it, back then it all went to the man and, and everything was for the men. And now you, you come to nowadays and, you know, uh, most of my experiences, court, you're better off being uh, the female side. They they want to look well, out for the kids, which they but should. But I'm, I'm, I'm not done talking about the Industrial Revolution because we, no. you know, we really... That was that was when it was kind of like enough is is enough with the with the suffragettes and the women worked for super low uh, wages and especially if you were an, an immigrant working on the, sure. the lower east east side the um, the uh, Triangle Shirtwaist Factory in Greenwich Village yeah, that they was locked, that was they 19... locked the doors and blocked the stairway right. so I, they would be they, have to be productive right uh, that was 1911 and uh, lots of people died and you know they didn't have child labor laws back right. then either so uh, 14 year olds and like 63 I but they were of all you know all ages and um, it was just you know we were just used for the 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 baser um, workings of uh, business. Right, and again, it's kind of that pendulum thing. So all the power was in the business owners, right. and then with tragedies like that, society started to come in and say, hey, we should balance this. And then unions came up, which they could represent the workers and mm -hmm. give them a voice. And yes. part of that, and once people said, oh, a voice is important, then the suffragettes, mm -hmm. they wanted to get the vote. And um, so it was, yeah, it was. They could have say, and and mm -hmm. again, these are things that carry forward. We still look for people to have a voice in how things are going on. So let's, we're we're kind of off a little bit, aren't we? From, I mean, well, we are. Romance. Yeah, I mean, this. I don't know that. 
I don't know that that it was prevalent. I'm I'm sure it did happen because the the robber barons, you know, things like that, and and the people who were uh, what Carnegie uh, Carnegie and whatever. Uh, I'm sure they had secretaries and you know that that ilk. And I I don't know if they would have a choice in if the if they were getting hit on if they needed their 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 job you know? oh if you needed your job it's just like nowadays where where people come to this country that are sneaking in mm-hmm. and um you know the the guys that are running them they take they take adva- they take advantage of it job. absolutely absolutely you know and it's um it's it's people with power it's it's that abuse of power that goes on and i really... think that's that has gone down throughout history whether it was a king and you know the uh, chambermaid Genghis Khan. Um, and, and, and having illegitimate children. Like, he, he had like yeah. 143 kids or something like that, right? Yeah. Was, it was a lot. I don't know how he had time to do anything else. But anyway, so, and then, you know, even up the power to today, presidents, et cetera, take advantage of everyone, you know, from movie stars to um, uh, PAs and, you know, yeah, things like that. And the, the, the actresses. And yeah, exactly. So, so a lot um, of these- that did not go away. So a lot of these behaviors have almost been they they've just gone on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Not that they're right, not that they're 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 they just um, are. justifiable. It's just that uh, they yeah. got on and people kind of accepted them as that's just what goes on. Yeah, and if we move up to um, mid mid century and and beyond, if if you think of of Mad Men, you know, I was in advertising, and when I was when I was selling, you know, I wasn't on the on the creative side, but I was on the the uh, sales side there was still a big glass ceiling and oh you know Rona's fairly attractive so ha- how smart can can she be and they just took t- took things for uh, granted and they didn't take us very seriously and it was it was a pain in the neck because most most of the of the females were on the buying side and I was on the on the on the sales side so it was it was a big eye opener you know when I got into into business was well, it like that when you were in business? Um, so well, when I started, uh, when I started with Apple, um, uh, half the uh, half the sales force was women. Oh, uh, there so was it was an office manager. She was female. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the accountant was female. Um, one of the owners uh, of the um, uh, of the building and the operator. I mean, she was female. So. So it was kind of an even split that yeah. we had. I didn't even think about it or notice it, except, you know, Rona. Um, I, I I think pretty much everybody agrees. And from what we did in Encyclopedia Britannica and the other places we looked, you know, men were dominant in the workforce mm-hmm. at that time, and women's roles were primarily support roles for men. Except, and yeah. I'm going backwards a little bit. World War Two. Well, in World War II, um, all the men were shipped off to war. Exactly. So the Rosie fact, the Riveter. So the organizations, you know, who had been saying, no women, no women, just like they were saying, oh, you can't work at home, you can't work at home. I knew he would bring that up all again. All <laughs> of a sudden now, women can now work in the factories. Yeah, and, and they, they were did, great at it. Yeah, they really were good. And then when the war was over, mm-hmm. then they were forced back in. Only they'd had a taste of freedom. They'd had a taste of that accomplishment. Right. You know, it's enjoyable to make things for a lot of people. I well, don't... and you and you feel productive. You feel right. part of of the bigger picture. Just like you know what the younger kids want now when they when they work in in a company, they want to know that what they do means something. These these women knew that they were helping the war effort. 
Right. You know? Well, yeah. And so, again, uh, it this is about the relationships of men and women in mm-hmm. society, in an organization, right. and as individuals. And all of these things have interplay for each other. Like one of the fun things, well, fun, interesting things, fun things, fun things, interesting things we found out was, um, you know, key clubs, you know, where you're swapping. Key, key, oh, key, key parties. Yeah, key parties. Yeah. What was the guy? What was the guy? Terry book? Gould. Terry Gould. Terry Gould, he wrote a book, The Lifestyle, A Look at Erotic Rights of Swingers. And this came up on one of our searches. And uh, supposedly, uh, as uh, the rumor goes, and it's been hard. I, it, it, there were comments that it's hard to, to um, verify all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't unverify it, though. That um, the Air Force pilots, the fighter pilots, because their life expectancy was sh- so short once they went overseas, that they started having swinger parties within their group. And the idea was the old, um, you know, cave, uh, prehistoric oh, yeah. kind of relationship where it was their tribe was fighter pilots. Oh. And the idea is if a pilot got killed, the others in the group would take care of his uh, of his uh, partner and his kids, like a kibbutz where it's just every all the kids are <laughs> thrown together, <laughs> and where they're kind of yeah they develop yeah. a community around that. And supposedly this continued into the Korean War, at which point <laughs> it finally became kind of it it invaded the suburbs, probably with all the retiring people from World War Two. Well, uh, War. there's a lot of uh, uh, retired people and. From what I've uh, I've heard, I actually I lived in Florida when I was when when I was married, and I I play tennis and, and golf. I belong to a uh, uh, a club, you know, a country club down there. And rumor had it, I can honestly say I've never taken part, but we were we were invited to some of those. Um, so it is um, continued today. I think it's just more for for fun, and um, you know I don't know. I guess boredom. If you have too much money, there there's boredom. I. We, we weren't that wealthy. We, didn't, we never needed to, right. to do that. Um, and it's, you know, for, for a different thing. And it's, it's interesting how these, these um, I, don't know what, I don't know what you would, you would call this, a rite of, 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 of passage, but it's a, something that, that they did for a purpose just kept going as a, as a fun thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, um, and, and even with that, uh, in in World War II, it was still not not like the swing in sixties. You know that didn't come. You know after World War II was over, it 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 gradually. You know the fifties were a time, still a time of you know virgins and sluts sort of thing. Well, by society stand standards, not necessarily within uh, different organizations. Yes, like for example. Absolutely. The organization of movies. In the organization of oh, that was a cat. That was that was a cat food <laughs> dropping. All right, um, uh, Hollywood. Or, or Hollywood is notorious right. for um, you know uh, casting ca- couch, casting couch, and those things. And it was kind of, and it was a little looser because, and part of it was, it's like they we were watching with film. As soon as film came out, they started doing um, uh, uh, nudes, mm-hmm. nude video. They started make, trying to make it art. How do they get around it? How could they uh, get by and show? Well, and, and Europe was a lot more progressive than the United States. It's that it's that Puritan thing again. Well, and again, well, the United States has been a little isolated. 
Yeah. Um, and until World War One and then World War Two, we went. Uh, people started going back to Europe, and people mm-hmm. that had never stepped for, foot on you know, true people that had been here um, for a couple of generations are now going back, and they see that things are differently. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm sure that impacted them. I I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah. So all these uh, psyches. From uh, changing roles of society, the changing roles of organizations, the changing roles of individuals, all these psyches are coming together. And like you said, the 60s, free love because of the pill. There's that, so that pendulum thing get, again. It's it's starting to you know swing back, and women were taken back, and you know their power, and you know they you had Woodstock, and um, it was the the younger generation always fights against their parents and stuff so they were they saw the the uh, 50s as as you know 40s and and 50s as as being uh very constrictive so what's the next step you go the other way right and then in the 80s uh, partly unfortunately because of aids the conversation of of you know uh different relationships so you've got gay relationships Mm -hmm. and people were coming more out about it and, uh, you know, it, uh, it's not something it's, uh, you would necessarily have done before where you talk about a gay relationship at work because that could get you terminated immediately. Right. Right. And then there was such a, um, God making it, uh, AIDS, the gay plague. Right. Um, again, that sets off the pendulum swinging where we have to, we have to really, everybody can be different mm-hmm. and we, they have rights. I right. mean, going back to the Constitution. They have rights and they should be protected. And then the voice for the different workers, and that was, uh, you know, through through uh, courts and through laws and through non-discrimination well, even, even acts. With, um, uh, when, uh, Anita Hill was was in the eighties or the nineties? When did um, she get? I think that was the eighties. The eighties, yeah. And you know, so all that. I mean, that just shows that how how higher ups the the more important the. Uh, people are, uh, especially, you know, men, they feel like they can do and say anything. And it, women were kind of like, yeah, not, not anymore. You know, enough is, is enough. And, uh, even in the, in the seventies with Gloria Steinem on one side and Phyllis Schlafly on the other, if you, uh, if I think it's on HBO, it's either on Netflix or HBO, it's called Mrs. America. And it was, it was that fight for, you know, women's rights uh, or women from the Midwest and small towns wanting to have conservative voices. And then understand Jeffrey and I are not judging in any way. You, you know, you are allowed to have your, uh, beliefs and, um, and that was, you know, that was the fight that society has. And I think a lot of it still goes on and it bleeds into the workplace. Absolutely. All of these things affect it. I mean, back in the 60s and 70s, um, uh, my guess is probably the, you know, if there was a, a, a workplace romance, it was a woman that was a, it was a woman that was asked to leave, not the man. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it might be both. Um Maybe it was the man. Who knows? So, um, you know, in a way, um, uh, there wasn't a protection. And organizations, like so often do, they don't really deal with it. Oh, we've, we need to focus on profits, and, and we're not going to deal with the human side because we don't have a clear answer on this. Well, and, they, and back then, it was really under the table. They were, it was mostly having affairs with married men, you know, things like that. Most women did not have affairs from what I understand from what I've been reading it was more of the men who were who were naughty at the office 
And the, the thing is, we don't know that how much, you know. I, That's true. There isn't a lot of, you know, if they kept it under under the table. It's and, not like and, they, and they wrote not, it down. It's not like they put it on their census. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been cheating on my Dear diary. So, so you never know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I have a friend of mine and her, you know, unfortunately her husband cheated on her. And so what did she tit for tat? She was on a business meeting and. You know, she hooked up with somebody and cheated right back at him. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, I'm going to get you back. Um, they, they broke up, obviously, um, soon after there. Or maybe not, obviously. Maybe they shouldn't have broken well, up. Well, you knew know. about it, so... <laughs> well, I knew about it after the fact. It was oh. just a story that they had told. Well, you know, so so let's talk... You, you want to talk about now? What's going on now? Yeah, so we've, we've been... Uh, kind of going over men with relationships and looking at society and the organization, well, the yeah. individual. And so, yeah, let's talk about where we are now. Where are we, we society? The Me Too, um, you okay, know, society, uh, the, the um, and even with the uh, with the gymnasts and, you know, narking on their right. and well-deserved nar- narking on their, their team doctors, you know, things Absolutely. like that. Um, surprisingly, according to the uh, Society for Human Resource Management, things really haven't changed. In terms of dating in in organizations, we did re- research on the rules that organizations have. Okay. If they have rules, you okay, want to go so, back and so, get something? So wait, wait. Society. So what you're saying is society so, is now, we've got Me Too. Yeah. Uh, we're changing the dialogue. We're talking about pronouns and we're talking about uh, transgender. We're bringing this stuff or we're, we're re-looking at things, including <clears throat> bathrooms, yeah. including sports. So it's just humans... Now. Yeah, humans so, being attracted to humans. So yeah. society. Okay, mm-hmm. now you want to jump to organization. I do. And okay. Thank you for making that uh, clear. Okay. Um, this is this is why we do this because Rona has this kind of logic. I. I no, I, I, thought, it was, I no. thought it was great. I was just yeah. catching up. I That's was just fine. No, no, no. So according to the uh, Society for Human Resource Man- Management, of the people who dated someone at work, seventy-six percent have dated a peer. 27% have dated a superior, 21% have dated a, a subordinate. And wait, I have more. 60, almost 65% have kept it a secret. And this is not just like in the last 10 years. This is for, you know, an average. 18% had random hookups. And 72% of people who have had, who have been dating, or who, who have dated or had a relationship at the workplace would have another one. So, so on a personal level, they like what's going on. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's uh, is it a distraction though from work? I think it it absolutely can be. You know what? I, I um, full disclosure, when I was in in corporate, I had I, I dated a guy who was at the same company. He was in a different department, and we met playing softball. So you know, I was in in sales. He was in research. I think he was. He was either in research or in creative. I don't even remember. And we had fun and it was, and when we broke up, I was kind of pissed off. He broke up with, with me and I didn't really see him. So it wasn't a big thing. And it's not like we, I I didn't really tell anyone and neither did, did he. So So, it wasn't a kept secret and still was a secret. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Why didn't you talk about it? What were your instincts? My instincts were, uh, well, first of all, I didn't want people asking me, you know, so how's it going with, you know, John or, you know, whatever. I just didn't, you know, and we were, we were not like such a steady thing that if someone else asked me out, I wouldn't have, have gone. We weren't boyfriend and girlfriend. And, um, it was, it was just one of those things where my, my gut told me, just don't talk about it. Right. 
So don't well, ask, don't did, don't tell, sort of, sort of thing. So how did you get together? Was it just convenience, or was it proximity, or what's? Going yeah, on? we both lived on the Upper West Side in in okay. New York. Um, a whole bunch of us went. You know, we would go out for for chicken wings and beers after after softball was was over. We know we had in uh, stuff in in common, and that's you know according to what what we've looked up. You know, our our, our research that's what attracts people. Um, more so than than anything anything else, it's being in in proximity. Plus the fact that I knew the guy had a job, and he most probably wasn't a serial killer. You know. Well, yeah, that's true. You've got a little safety with somebody at work. I mean, because nowadays you've got all kinds of dating sites. You can go on dating sites. You can meet people from all over. Yes, there are a lot of fake profiles. There's a lot of uh, there. You know, it's not. You don't. I don't know. You know. Well, uh, and maybe you know you, what? It, it is. People want to feel safe, and and maybe uh, that proximity thing. Besides, you get to see them. Plus, it makes it a little fun working with somebody. Exactly. You know, you get excited about seeing them during the day, and that that makes you want to go to work. And you know, it can make you more creative. It could make you more more confident um, when you're at work, which is all a good thing. Except if it doesn't work out, in which case. As if anybody's listening or watching who's in HR, you know there are legal issues. There are retention issues. There's, you know, there's, it's all emotion, you know, and hell hath no fury, you know. So, so we've got society changing the way they're looking at things Mm -hmm. and they're not exactly sure how to do it. And then we had individuals who've been kind of opening up Mm -hmm. and changing things. And uh, so uh, the, the laggard is the organization then again. If it's lagging behind, and it's lagging behind because of conservatism, because of their interest in production. Right, they want they the, the, the bottom line, and they don't want to deal with the, the drama. You know, when people are happy, and when people are together, if they're enjoying themselves, they're really happy. Production mm-hmm. skyrockets, right. you know? it. Um, people are very effective, and when people are enjoying their time and having a good experience, they do better work. And, yeah, and a lot of, of companies are starting to have policies where if two people are dating, they have to let HR know that well, they are. And and that makes sense because, to me, if you have to keep it a secret from the organization, now you're keeping it a secret from the organization. Secrets always come out, first right. of all. Right. And that's counter to transparency. And what we'd like to do is we'd like organizations to have, be a safe place mm-hmm. where you can have transparency. And that would mean transparency if you're going to have a workplace uh, romance and you're willing to suffer the consequences, which one of the consequences people don't think about. If you have a workplace romance, you've invited work into your relationship. You've invited That's HR true. into your relationship. They're going to have some It's a party. <laughs> well, organizations, you know, they uh, still, the big ones still like to move people around right. to different places That's for right. different experiences. And, you know, this is a really fun, fun fact that I just found out, you know, with the, with the pandemic and people working from home and, and hybrid, people are actually connecting more and, and dating, which is weird because you would think that if they're isolated, it would be less. And humans, humans are built for, for connection. We are social animals. And because of the, the isolation there, they were talking to each other more. And, you know, whether it was through Slack or Zoom or, you know, wh- whatever methods it is, they were actually 
um, they were actually happy to find someone that they had something in, in, in common with. And, li and like you said, they were having fun with it and, um, you know, enjoying their uh, times again. So more people are uh, hooking up is not the right word, you know, are, are getting into relationships. Thank you. Connecting. Yes. Yeah, connecting. That's a better and, word. You know, that makes perfect sense to me because mm -hmm. you never go shopping when you're hungry. You're just going to buy everything in the store. So if you're hungry for relationships and then you go to a meeting after you, you know, and you see people at work. You're just desperate. Yeah, you literally, you're desperate. The, you, the, your brain's been screaming at you, I need people. Right, right. Talk to me. Can I just touch your hair? You know, <laughs> so something. Okay. Something. Just HR, let me show you a HR, quick. <laughs> I'm being harassed. Have you ever been have you ever been chased at work where uh, you said you had a relationship but were you ever chased at work Um sort of yeah when I um my first yeah was my my first job I think I was 20 21 22 I was a sales assistant at a media rep firm and I will not mention the name I don't even think it's a business anymore and the the owner was like your size. It's like six foot four, Marlboro man. Came from somewhere out west originally. Wore cowboy hats, had a mustache, and this was you know the uh, the eighties. So it was like oh, mustaches were cool. Oh, in the it 80s. was cool in the eighties, and he was actually very very good looking. And he was, um, as they say in in Seinfeld, or at least with me, he was a very close talker. And you know, I'm if I, if I stand really straight and, and I fluff my hair up, I'm five foot five, you know? And so with, with, with heels, maybe I was, I was five, seven. So I, you know, I had to look, literally look up for up to him. And he was, um, uh, he was just very, um, always, you know, just saying. So you've said, said a lot of things. Did anything said, happen? I'm uh, really, once. I, I, so, um, Something almost happened, uh, and he was a little bit drunk, and he had a drink. He was he was kind of right. a lot drunk, and it was at the Christmas party. Right. And so he leaned over me, and he started to um, just say things that were rather inappropriate, and he start, kept leaning over until his drink spilled all over the front of my dress. Oh, no. Oh, no. So that kind of gave me the excuse to take a, a step Let's back, and... Um, so that was uh, the Christmas party he, was on and, a Friday. Yeah. And, you know, obviously people noticed, so he wasn't able to continue that. And um, so I was able to leave the party and I brought my, my clothes to the cleaners. And I came in and I was like, I, I walked into him. I, I walked right past his uh, secretary and I said, you need to sign for this for uh, petty cash. And he was right. not, you know, and he, he was em embarrassed. And he was, what's this? I said... It's my cleaning bill from the dress oh. you spilled work, you know, the, at, at, at the Christmas party. He's like, okay. Okay. And, yeah. and that's how it and was that, ended. And that's, that was it. Uh, do you think it'd go that way today uh, with the current environment? Would, you, would two people sort it out, or are they immediately going to throw up the flag and call If and that happened to me, I, I, um, I, well, it, it, it was the owner of the company, and I'm not nearly as... Insecure, you know. I just graduated college. Right. It was my 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 first job, you know. And this was right. the owner of the freaking company. Right. Um, if I if I was the way I am now back then, it wouldn't even gotten this 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 far, you know. 
So you would have checked him on it. I would either have checked him or made him buy me a lot of expensive things. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I would not have done that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, early in my career, I got hit on by a supervisor, and she was, um, yeah, she was, uh, she was very open, very direct about it. Um, uh, it was great; it was enjoyable to get out of work and go to lunch. Um, a long uh, lunch. Nothing. Uh, it was a longer lunch. Yeah. Nothing really happened. We just talked, and uh, most of the talk was about work. It was very exciting about work, and um, you but know, it never, it, did it ever get physical? No, never got physical. Never went went mm-hmm. that way, which is. Um, a good thing sometimes, you know, uh, yeah, no, that was a good thing. Um, I think, uh, because, um, in the end, um, uh, yeah, she actually, where I was, um, kind of moving around in the organization going up, um, she was kind of not going anywhere. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, I think there was some resentment there, you know, that young, could, kid, absolutely, young absolutely. kid kind of coming up in the so, organization. So, yeah, I mean, I, for all this, obviously I, I don't, I, in my opinion, Bottom line, I don't think it's, first of all, I don't think it's possible to stop people from being attracted to each other. Oh, absolutely not. And, you know, so I think companies can do smart things to protect them themselves but this isn't gonna gonna stop it's the way people meet each other i mean i've i've also you know in later years dated clients you meet people at, at networking events it it's gonna happen you know so um while i think it's it, it's smart that that companies are aware i think all companies need to have policies in place and 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 stick to them what do you think Abs- well, they do have to have policy. They have to. I think they need to look at them again, though. So, mm-hmm. so for me, if you're going, so right now, if you're going to f- forbid uh, workplace romance, mm-hmm. that's a policy. I don't know if it's been tested, um, uh, whether that's legal. I, this is where we uh, and I, we couldn't get a lot on definitive on this. Right. Um, uh, so. Uh, having a legal agreement, it, it should be promoted that people come up if they're going to have a romance, they announce it. Um, what do you call it? The Tra- love, the love oh, contract. Oh, there's a, yeah. Well, uh, I read about this love contract that basically, it's it's a contract for people who are dating each other, and it says, um, you know, full disclosure, full transparency, and I, you know, I go into this with my eyes open and with all willingness, so that they can't. You know, say you know he he forced me or you know whatever or or she forced me for that matter or or they forced right. me. I got to use all the all the pronouns. Yeah, you know? exactly. So the only trouble with that is is contracts are well meaning. They can't they don't encompass everything that goes on. Yeah. And what if somebody goes psycho and goes crazy I, and I, then and, I and then decides to take their their love interest out at work and involve other people? Look, there's uh, there's people who go postal every day, and you can't necessarily. And forgive me, post if, if there are any postal workers. No offense to you, but that's, you know, there there are people who get a little nuts. You know, who who will stalk. Well, and again, it's not what the organization's about. The organization wants to be productive. It wants to make good products mm-hmm. and services. They have the, to pr- protect them themselves, right? The the reason we think this is going to be a, a conversation that's going to have to be up in the forefront, though, is mm-hmm. because. Um, with people um, uh, on flex work and working more at home, home and work. And, and as a matter of fact, one of the authors, I, let me see if I can find the notes on it. One of the authors, she, um, uh, she's done a lot of stuff. And, um, oh, Esther Perel. 
And she uh, she did a. Um, oh, that's she's got that. some stuff on relationship skills and workplace. And one of the things she says is she said, "Love language, the romance language, is being brought into the workforce. That we don't want people to like their job; we want them to love their job." Well, the minute you are introducing and saying love at work is okay for the product, you can't control people. They are going to start those emotions and those feelings and that engagement are going to come out. I know when people get creative and passionate, you feel great. When people win and do something well, they they get this just this rush, and then they have a party, and then the alcohol gets right, flowing. Right. Or, well, or in California and a few other states, you know, they start smoking some stuff. That's right. Next thing you know, there's a lot of um, amorous behavior going well, on. Well, and, you know, I know how I, I feel like, you know, when we do um, – uh, when I do a, a, a keynote, when you do a keynote, you know, it's it's exciting. And, you know, it's it's like when you get a contract signed. Yeah. You know, it's it's, that's very it exciting. Is, it's it can be of that emotional rush. Yeah, it can be a giant stimulus. It can be it can't you know, let's just call it what it is. It can be a great turn on. <laughs> well, and then on the other end, on the other end, um, uh, we're going through change now. People are beginning to look at things at, at an organization and change things. And when change goes on, people don't feel secure. Yeah. And fear is a driving force for a lot of bad behaviors Absolutely. at work. And, um, you know, like, especially when the Me Too thing came out, mm -hmm. man, everybody and their son was accusing everybody else. And just accusing somebody could absolutely trash their career, whether it's substantiated yeah. or not. Yeah. And people took advantage of that. Which is a shame because, you know, I, I and I'm all and I'm all for it. And people seem to have lost their sense of of humor, too. You know, there's and there's no flirting, which is which is absolutely a natural thing for people to do you know so uh, for me it's where do you draw the line yes yes there's no even false flirting as a billy crystal right says. false false no flirting. false flirting don't even false flirting yeah. so it's those. yeah it's um it's it's a shame because um we can be who we want to be in, in uh, for me you know even now you know, when I do business with, with, with people and we start to get to know each other, that just kind of trickles in and we know not to take it too, too far. You have to trust people, you know? So do we have any real solid advice for anyone other than look, just, um, look, you should be, you have, you have to understand that, that, uh, when you have a workplace romance, um, you are going to, you're inviting the organization into your relationship. That mm -hmm. would be one thing. So you're inviting a, a third party into the relationship. Yeah. And they have their own interests. The organization has its interests. It wants production to go well. And if things don't go well, you could have a double whammy of with the work having to decide that um, there's conflict or there's a problem or there's tension that they can't deal with. And they may ask for changes that you didn't want and wouldn't have happened right. had you not been involved in right. a romance there. Yeah, for me, you you really have to go in as much with your head as with your heart. You know, take a step back and say, if I go into this, what are the repercussions if? What if? You know, just what if the heck out of it? Well, and then, you know, that's, and then start being trans transparent with, 
if if this is what what you want to do if if you see i'm all you know i'm i'm a romantic at 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 heart and i want to always want everybody to be happy so the heart sometimes wants what the heart wants and um is it is it worth it you have to use your emotional intelligence to say just because your heart wants it you know that's why m- most uh young women were attracted to the bad boys cuz that's exciting and as as we get older we realize that the nice guys you know are the ones with the stable jobs and the house and the car and stuff like that so it's it's not just not that that's what she's interested in her relationship I'm, for <laughs> the car do you have house. a job <laughs> So uh, anyway, so, you know, my, but my, uh, and my, my, my point is open your heart and open your mind as, as well to what might happen. That's my story. Yeah, yeah. And That's our story. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and we are in agreement that this is, is going to come up more, partly because yeah. people have been denied uh, contact with other human beings. And so they're going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to be hungry for relationships. And uh, so this is going to be a subject that's going to come up. Um, It'll uh, be interesting to, to see after the pandemic is, is over if there is a baby boom. And uh, we, I, my recommendation is that HR um, really, really give some thought to this and, and, and talk to the psychologist and maybe rewrite company policies um, okay. and focus on safety um, a positive impact on the relationship and and supporting people's lives in general. Can I yeah. can I just put one more interesting fact that we keep talking about HR, and I just uh, this just kind of blew my my mind. A recent study found that people who work in human resources were the most likely to engage in office affairs. Well, maybe they're doing company research. That's well, that yeah, you know, it's their job to know everybody, and so there's more introduction, uh, interaction with with the whole company. So they got they get their pick of the litter, you know. I just thought just like that's awesome. I'm going to go to HR now. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm taking lunch. I'm going to a research project. <laughs> well, HR, keep keep those cards and letters <laughs> coming, and tell us about your experiences. We'll have you as our guest on our next. Yeah, show. you know, we are not. Uh, all the time uh, perfectly okay anyway that's that's our story all right <laughs> anything else jeffrey i haven't you know we haven't given you any direct answers hopefully we just got there your brains any. whirling on this thing and we'll see how things come up and uh, remember don't never say never and never say never die and that's right. never say somebody can't work at home and, yeah. and be more productive oh, yeah. <laughs> That's three. Third time's a charm. On that note, if you have an opinion on this, let us know. Write to us. We, we'll we'll share it on, on another podcast. Absolutely. All right. I think that is it for us. Thank you so much for listening to Biz Souls. I'm Rona Lewis. And I'm Jeffrey Hansler. We'll see you later. Thank you. You've been listening to the Biz Souls podcast with your hosts, Rona Lewis and Jeffrey Hansler. Did you have fun? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Talk to you next week.